Welcome to my MACD life and powered by the Support Site Foundation. This podcast is about macular degeneration and the devastating impact it has on millions of people and their families every single day, 365 days a year. Our mission is simple, to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. So tune in, buckle up, and put your listening ears on. Hi, I'm Dawn Prawl, founder and executive director of the Support Site Foundation. My MACD Life, the podcast you're listening to and tuning into right now, is empowered by the Support Site Foundation. We are a voice you can trust. My MACD Life is the first podcast series about how to live your best life with macular degeneration. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to my MACD Life. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Andy Burstein. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I have a lot of questions for you. I hope you don't mind. I'm very excited to learn more about you. No, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for including me. I appreciate it. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And I guess my very first question is, when did your involvement or association with the Support Site Foundation first begin? Relatively recently. Oh, just learned about it recently and I'm still learning more. And I was asked to participate in this program and I jumped in head first. So I'm excited to share our story, our company's story, but also, you know, have conversation and learn more as well. Wonderful. So for our listeners, would you mind telling us what it is that you do and what your company is? Oh, sure. So my name is Andy Burstein. I live in West Philadelphia. My company is called Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind. We're a home delivery pharmacy and healthcare company, and we focus on supporting patients who are blind, deafblind, and have low vision. We're the only provider of its kind, and we're the largest blind-owned healthcare company in the country. That's very impressive. That's really great. And we think in the world, but we're not positive, so we're just going <laughs> to do the country. We should look that up. Because exactly. We'll check out that website, Google, and see if uh, they have an answer. That's great. You know, I was reading a little bit about it, and that's really interesting to me. So can you tell me a little bit exactly how then it would be different from a traditional pharmaceutical service provider? Oh, being that you have a specific audience. Sure. So everything we do is home delivery. Mm -hmm. So our, our headquarters is based in suburban Philadelphia. And our whole model is about merging accessibility in healthcare and working with individuals on a personal basis, personalized medication, identifying the individual, identifying what challenges they may already have with their existing medication, with their diabetes, how they're currently managing it, mm -hmm. and assembling a collection of solutions that empower them to you know, live more independently, manage their own medication, manage their own diabetes, you know, and, and ultimately live, live healthier lifestyles. So if somebody wants to begin services with you all, how does that start? Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Oh, sure. What is the point of contact? So let me take a step back and tell you about the evolution of it, because I think that'll yes, like yes, lead that into that answer. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so the background of the company is, so I, the idea of the company started about five years ago. I started the company with my business partner, Alex. At the time, I was running a healthcare marketing firm, and we were just developing strategies around accessibility in general. 
online accessibility, communication accessibility, um, on-site accessibility. And our clients in the marketing firm were healthcare systems, the pharmaceutical industry, independent physician practices, the veterinary industry. And so our goal was to reach back out to our clients and educate them on how they can be more accessible to be able to expand their offering and their messages to their existing patients and also to experience patient growth. And I decided to just reach out to friends and family and people who I knew who either had familiarity with the disability world or had a disability themselves who could just give me insight into their experience. So I went on a knowledge quest. When it came to the area of blindness, I didn't really have any friends or family who were blind or had much knowledge about blindness. There was one person who I knew through Little League, mm-hmm. Alex. So Alex's sons and my sons play ball together. And so I knew who Alex was. I didn't know him well. I knew that you know our kids were friendly. He lived near me and he was blind. So that's what I knew about Alex. And we had started to develop some like online solutions. And I was able to get his email address. And I shot him an email and I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, you know, from Little League, we're developing this software. We're trying to develop some other strategies. Are you free for a cup of coffee? And he got back to me immediately and uh, we met up for a cup of coffee. And what was fascinating about it was I didn't know too much about him, but I got to hear Alex's story. Alex was diagnosed with a condition called retinitis pigmentosa when he was in his late teens. My MACD Life podcast is brought to you in part by Centric Bank, Healthy Vision Association, Hinkle Stein and Associates, Novaris, Regeneron, Visparo, and from anonymous donors. And conceptually, it's a degenerative retinal disease. There's no cure for it. And it impacts different people differently. And, you know, how the deterioration of eyesight occurs, it can happen very quickly. It can take years and years for it to occur. But by the time Alex went to college, by the time he graduated college, he had lost most of his usable eyesight. And he went to college at UNLV because he wanted to be in the hospitality industry. So he was taking classes at school, but he was also working part-time in the casinos and the hotels, but realized there weren't too many opportunities for blind hotel managers when he graduated college. So he moved back to Philadelphia and he was working in the... um, Uh, He was working in the hotel industry, but he went back to school Mm. and ultimately he earned a PhD and he wrote his doctoral dissertation on the accessibility of the American retail marketplace for blind consumers. Um, You know, how accessible uh, retail experiences were like on location, Mm -hmm. on their websites, on the telephone. And uh, he published his doctoral dissertation on the top hundred retailers in America, their accessibility. So here I am thinking like, oh, Alex, we'll have a cup of coffee. I can pick his brain a little bit. I can learn a little bit more about blindness. You know, little did I know that he's arguably the foremost expert in retail accessibility for consumers who are blind in the country. A treasure trove. Awesome, of, of right? just Yes, that, that's amazing. So, so let me, now let me backtrack a yes, little bit. Because I'm, on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's great. That's wonderful. But what, so what I'm curious about now is what, was the inception of your connection or or your interest in accessibility? What was your personal spark that led you on this path? I I hate to use the term like the trend, but the trend of awareness for everything in the DEI space, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so it's been on my radar as a consumer, as a parent, 
you know, as, as just a member of society, just always, you know, embracing inclusion and trying to be inclusive. And the area of disability falls within that, you know, disability rights are human rights, disability rights are civil rights. Right. And so as, as just a, like as, as a member of society, as a consumer, it's important for me to understand it and embrace it as a business person. Um, who was working in the healthcare field, it was important for me to be able to answer questions to my clients and to my staff about how we can be more inclusive, how my clients can be more inclusive, how we can be more inclusive in our own company. Um, and accessibility, you know, obviously is smack in the middle of, of inclusion. You know, we, we can wave the flag about being inclusive all day long. If someone with a disability can't access me being inclusive, it, I'm not inclusive. Right. right. <laughs> so sort of learning about the Americans with Disabilities Act, learning about online accessibility and the inability of individuals to gain access to websites and information and learning about blindness in particular and how it intersects with online accessibility. So I'll oversimplify this, but individuals who are blind, the way that they use the Internet is they use a assistive technology called a screen reader. For the most part, and different people use different solutions, but for the most part, a screen reader is essentially um, software that accesses websites and essentially reads the website out loud to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the challenges that exists is that not all websites are compatible with screen readers. Right. And so through a combination of awareness, through lawsuits, through uh, just the knowledge and, and growth of the industry. And, you know, people are learning more and more about online accessibility. That being said, individuals with low vision may use magnification, may use, you know, oversized monitors, may sit closer to the screen. You know, there's a lot of solutions to gain access to online accessibility. Our goal was to, obviously, as I mentioned, as a consumer, learn more about accessibility, but also to be able to create solutions for our clients in the healthcare space. My Mac D Life podcast is a national award winner of the STEP program for innovative macular degeneration patient education and for demonstrating a commitment to addressing the daily needs of people with age-related macular degeneration. If a website's not accessible, it doesn't make a difference what type of assistive or adaptive technology mm-hmm. an individual has or their desire to gain access to that information. They just can't access it at all. Now imagine taking that whole concept of, of a website and imagine applying that to medication, right? Mm-hmm. Where someone has a pill bottle and they don't know what the pill bottle is. They don't, they can't mm-hmm. read the instructions. They don't know what the expiration date is. They don't know what the warnings are, or they now have to sort that and take that with other medications. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know if it's their medication, their child's medication, their, their, their spouse's medication. They're not able to understand the drug interactions or the time of the day they're supposed to take it. It's difficult for them to reorder. They don't know how many refills they have left. Right. Um, so it's like layer upon layer upon layer of challenge. The, the, the good news, I'll hit you with a quick punchline and then we can dig deeper. <laughs> there are solutions for that. You know, we, we're, and it's a work in progress. Right. Um, but we're learning more every day about how we can empower that individual to understand and manage their medication and do it in a way that reduces stress, reduces mm-hmm. time, and helps them live healthier lives. So when, when you explained to me about, you know, what this process can be like, it just made me think of that, what it must be like for someone who is visually impaired, um, visually and, and auditive impaired, right? Mm -hmm. How that that's gotta be such a blessing to have 
a company that takes all of these things into account and that helps you navigate that day-to-day process, knowing that, that that's going to increase your quality of life. Absolutely. And it's amazing. We have like a dynamic in, in, in our company. It's, like, it's a living ecosystem in that every time we solve a challenge for a patient because of their unique set of circumstances, we then learn that we can now, okay, here's a collection of solutions that we can apply to a similar individual with similar yes. circumstances. And so version 1.0 of our business was a collection of ideas that Alex and I had reconciled with his research. Like we're in the middle of version 2.0 now. And 2.0 is this growing, evolving model that's based upon experiences that we have with patients, feedback that we get from patients, feedback that we get from healthcare providers, nonprofit organizations, support groups about things that we're doing right and things that we're doing wrong and ways that we can be more accessible and other solutions that we could introduce that would round out the healthcare experience and provide additional accessibility you know, for our patients and caregivers as well. So long story short, Alex and I were like, huh, there is a big challenge there. Like, What would it be like if we created like, from the ground up um, a pharmacy experience that was tailored towards individuals who were blind. Mm. And so we wrote a business plan and we wrote a business plan literally just based upon creative marketing ideas, Alex's research, Alex's experience as a consumer, mm-hmm. my limited knowledge of the healthcare space and our, and our own experiences as consumers, just buying medication, taking medication, providing medication to other people in our house, organizing medication in our house, like, you know, going through like each of these steps and figuring out like, what are the challenges that uh, an individual who is blind would experience? And, you know, can we overcome them? And uh, we wrote a cool business plan. And then we were like, huh, what do we want to do with this? So we were like, this was pre-pandemic. So uh, we held some focus groups with individuals who were blind we were able to get some really good quality and generous feedback from a lot of um, the blind organizations that exist in the country, the mm-hmm. National Federation for the Blind, the American Council for the Blind, the American, you know, the AFB, the ACB, the, uh, the Foundation for Fighting Blindness. Alex was doing mm-hmm. some research for them, and they were very generous with giving us feedback. And I guess the biggest picture was everyone validated that there's no one doing what we were proposing. Okay, that there are a lot of pharmacies that are doing some good things, really creative things. There are some solutions that exist in the marketplace for consumers to do themselves, but there was no one really providing an A to Z solution focused on identifying all the different challenges that may exist in medication management and diabetes management and trying to address each of them. And so it validated for us that we could do, you know, there's a need for this in the marketplace. And so we were excited, but then we reached the point where we're like, all right, Alex is an academic. I'm a business person. We don't know the first thing about medication. <laughs> so now what? What do we do with this really cool business plan that's been validated by the consumers who we're trying to connect with? And that's where we spent the next, this was like early 2019. And so we spent the next few months trying to research and learn, like learn the pharmacy industry, learn how the industry works, learn how the dollars work. Um, and try to find a partner or partners who could help us realize the opportunity in the healthcare space. And we, I don't want to use the term interviewed, but we, we, we scheduled meetings and had conversations. And basically anyone who would talk to us in the space, 
we tried to speak with. So we met with, you know, a multi-billion dollar company. We met with a bunch of mid-size and large healthcare systems. We met with individual pharmacists, pharmacy groups. Um, we ultimately pulled in our third business partner and we met him because I called my accountant, my personal accountant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you have any clients in the pharmacy space? I'd love to learn how the dollars work and understand the, the economics of the pharmacy industry. And he was like, I don't, but my brother-in-law plays golf with this guy. Oh my God. He's <laughs> very entrepreneurial, very cool from what I understand. He lives in Philly and I imagine I can get you guys together. And uh, <laughs> that's the segue into our third business partner, Dr. Jason Barrett. Hi, I'm Dawn Prawl, creator of My Maxi Life. Thank you for joining us. We could not make this happen without you. You you definitely set out with some sort of lucky star, <laughs> probably because of, of, of your, you know, uh, fully positive intention, right? To create something that actually served a need. Oh, absolutely. And, and that makes it Alex and we still had our day jobs. I was still, I still had my healthcare marketing firm. Alex is actually faculty at Westchester University, which is a, a college in uh, suburban Philadelphia where he teaches marketing courses to undergraduate students. And so he and I were like, hey, let's see, let's, let's keep pushing this along. And if we ever get to a point where it, it makes sense for us to jump in head first, we will. So, you know, this experience where I just shortened it to like three minutes, you know, this was about a nine month experience of us knocking on doors and meeting with people and trying to figure out, you know, is this a real opportunity that we could take to market? Right. But I also, you know, I love the idea of, of this sort of um, initial contact with Alex turning into a weekly coffee with, with a colleague, because I think that that bond and that merging of your two different areas of, of specialty, you know, resulted in something this special. And I can't imagine how nice it must be to have that type of comprehensive service that takes into account the day-to-day, which, which brings me to my next question. So if so, for someone who's going to start accessing your services, what is that first point of contact? Unlike the traditional I'll use the term traditional, the traditional pharmacy experience where that person gets the prescription or the doctor calls it to the pharmacy and the person goes there and picks it up, or they go online and they find some mail order pharmacy and it gets delivered. We have to have a conversation with the patient. And just, we learned this from Jason, our third business partner. Jason, the, one of the main reasons why we connected up with Jason was, well, first of all, we hit it off socially with him. Like he's a nice guy. Two, he was as enthusiastic about the concept as we were. He also was in suburban Philadelphia, um, and he had an existing business model where he spent the first 25 years of his career really focusing on patients with intellectual and cognitive disabilities who more often than not lived in group homes, whether it be a, uh, an assisted living facility, an old age home, or a group home, where the model was really not one size fits all, but we need to understand this individual. Like, what is this person's, you know, in his case, you know, what's their cognitive issue? What's their intellectual issue? Is it deteriorating more? Is there a caregiver in their home? Or are they living in a facility? Are they a caregiver for someone else? Are they also a caregiver for a spouse? What's their level of sight? What's their level of vision? How are they currently managing their medications? What ends up happening is that an individual 
specifically someone as someone gets older and they're getting prescriptions from a multitude of prescribers. They may be getting a prescription from their endocrinologist and their ophthalmologist and their general practitioners and their cardiologist. And they're taking their pomegranate root and their multivitamin and, you know, they, they're, they're a vegan. And you know, <laughs> so all of these things together and quite often a lot of a combination of those things can create unnecessary and unintended side effects that range from something problematic where a person is uh, experiencing a side effect or sometimes a combination of those things can impact the body's ability to absorb those medications and process those medications. And ultimately, they're not getting the benefit from those medications. Also, a quick disclaimer, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm just, <laughs> I'm speaking from the wisdom of, of the people who are right. here to speak in our office. <laughs> and so to answer your question specifically, we need to have a conversation with a patient first. So it usually starts with a telephone call. Pick up the phone mm-hmm. and call us. We have people in our office who get on the phone both English speaking and Spanish speaking, and actually have a conversation with an individual to learn about, you know, obviously we capture basic information, your name, your email address, your mailing address. We capture insurance information. We cap, by the way, we work with most insurance companies and we have to learn like, what's their level of eyesight? How are they currently managing the medication? What kind of challenges do they have managing their medication? Um, are they also involved with managing medication for other people in the household or is someone else involved with their medication? Are they comfortable with technology? Because we have a collection of high-tech, low-tech, and no-tech solutions. Mm-hmm. Do they still have some level of sight? Can they read a large font label, for example? There's different audio label solutions that can be provided. So, And I can dig a little bit more into this. So we need to understand all of that information first. And then it usually takes us about a day. Mm-hmm. We will often reach out to the prescribers to get some feedback from them. We will uh, contact the insurance company to confirm eligibility. We'll have one of our pharmacists actually review all the medication that that person is taking and identify if there are some challenges that exist. Interactions. And also find out someone's taking brand X uh, mm-hmm. with a copay of 20 bucks, but there's a generic option available as well Ugh, that only crazy. has a copay of $5. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, we'll review all that stuff and we'll get back to the patient and help them understand. Uh, how we can configure everything and uh, if they're eligible and then get started. And by the way, we also work in a concierge capacity. So we're the ones, we'll make the phone calls to the doctors. We'll make a phone call to the existing pharmacist to get feedback on behalf of the patient. We'll call the insurance company to confirm eligibility, confirm that the co-pays are staying the same. That conversation more often than not happens on the telephone. That being said, it can also happen uh, for patients of ours who are Deafblind. We also have those conversations via text and via email. Um, That's amazing. That's really great. I mean, it sounds like you guys have like everything covered and it comes from, I think, the diligence with which you've done your research, even from inception. So that's, that's, that's very exciting. we're just scratching the surface. It's like, you know, just the fact that we're out there doing this, people call us and say, Hey, you ever tried doing this? And we're like, <laughs> we didn't even know that existed. Like, what is that? Then we have to like learn about it. We ask a bunch of people about it. And then we slowly start to integrate some of these other solutions into what we're doing as well. And is there, in terms of the follow-up then, so you initially have a conversation and all mm-hmm. of this gets set up. I, I love, you know, I love that you have that, that added element of the, of your pharmacist checking about those interactions because I, 
haven't taken care of my, my, one of my parents and myself, like I know how dangerous that can be. Right. So then is there like some sort of regular touching base to make sure that everything's running? Oh, smoothly? Sure. Well, there's a few things. Obviously we identify one of the questions we ask the individual when we have that initial conversation is what's the best way to communicate? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unlike the traditional pharmacies, by the way, I'm not disrespecting traditional pharmacies. They're right. awesome. I'm still a consumer of some, you know, it's, it, they're great. This is just more about the accessibility issue. It's, it's all about identifying how they want to communicate as opposed to saying, you have to go to our website. You have to go to our store. You right. have to call us. You know, our whole thing is let's eliminate any barriers to entry, eliminate any barriers to communication and accessibility. We don't charge anything for our services that Anything that, that we do to make us accessible, there, there's no fee for it. We provide free home delivery. All the support and education that we do is free. We provide a whole collection of accessible packaging and accessible labeling. And I can dig a little bit more into that. We make our money by being reimbursed by insurance companies. To the patient, the co-pays are the same. The insurance companies actually dictate the co-pays to us. Things that aren't covered by insurance. And we usually try to advocate on behalf of a patient to the insurance companies to get reimbursed for everything, even things that traditionally hadn't been reimbursed. And where we are not able to get reimbursed for the patient, we take credit cards and our prices are very affordable. And we encourage our patients to try different types of packaging and different combinations of labeling until they find something that works for them. It's not, you know, every person's unique and different. So assembling a solution for one individual is very different than what it may be for someone else. So not only are you providing your specific service in terms of pharmaceutical necessities, but you also seem to be sort of like the, 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 the middle man, if you will, for a lot of resources, which I think is really great. And an additional layer of support. Exactly. So Andy, could you give me some specific examples for our listeners of interactions you've had with maybe people that are receiving your services that have MACD? Absolutely. So it's interesting. So obviously we work with anyone, anyone who calls us and wants our services, whether they have MACD, have blindness, whatever it is, we will work with everyone. Um, in fact, a great deal of our patients are actually spouses or children or partners of the individual in a home who has MACD or an issue with their eyes, because uh, we want to package and label everything so that everyone in the household can understand what's behind the medicine cabinet. That being said, you know, our patients range from, you know, MACD is a very large segment of our patient base. We have a great deal of patients who are experiencing diabetic retinopathy. Usher syndrome is a a condition that leads to a great deal of deaf blindness. You know, we have a a lot of people who are are born with eye issues. Uh, Obviously, Alex, our business partner, you know, as, as someone with retinitis pigmentosa, we do get a lot of people in that category. Um, but what's cool, what's good about this stuff is because we have individuals on staff who have macular degeneration, who have uh, retinitis pigmentosa, who have diabetic retinopathy, it gives us credibility to be able to speak to a patient, but it also gives us knowledge. So when we're trying to learn about macular degeneration, you know, we have to go no further than, you know, going to the desk of the person in our office who has macular degeneration and saying like, hey, what's your experience with this? This this experience in the marketplace, this experience of medication, this experience with your eyesight, like give us some understanding. Or someone just said this on the phone. We have no idea what they're talking about. Does this make sense? And then we say, oh yeah, that that's this, this, and this. One of the main benefits of us also employing people with a range of vision issues is that we have insight into macular degeneration, into diabetic retinopathy, into retinitis pigmentosa, et cetera. 
there's an enormous amount of people with macular degeneration who would benefit from our services. And a lot of the groups, specifically healthcare groups and, and, and uh, organizations, we you know know that if they have a patient who is diagnosed with macular degeneration or is struggling, they refer them to us. Um, that doesn't mean we're a perfect fit with everyone, but we should have the conversation with the person to figure out if in fact we are. Well, listen, I am certainly blown away and very happy that you exist. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> and, you. And, and I really appreciate you sharing this information with our listeners because I think you've given us invaluable amounts of information in terms of resources beyond even the services that you provide through your company. So for accessible pharmacy services, what would you say to any of our listeners that haven't reached out to you yet and are sort of like on the fence? Is there anything you'd like to say to them? Yeah, like thank you for asking. <laughs> I think just our website's accessiblepharmacy.com. It's a very screen reader friendly website. It also has large fonts in the event that someone relies on larger fonts. Our phone number is 215-799-9900. You can find us on Be My Eyes in the specialized help section. For anyone who has an iPhone, you can just say Siri call accessible pharmacy. <laughs> and depending on the person's settings, it'll either put you right through or Siri may say do you mean accessible pharmacy in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania? <laughs> That's us. But uh, yeah, I invite you to just call us and try us out. Like by you joining us, not only can we help a patient live a healthier life, you're contributing to our knowledge base that helps us help other people with macular degeneration, with other vision issues. And so you actually are, are part of the solution in addition to being a beneficiary of the solution. Well, Andy, thank you so much. I probably can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time and with all of this information. Keep up the good work. It's amazing. I love your passion. It really comes through about what you're doing and how you're continuing to evolve with the needs of the people you serve in mind. And that's a really beautiful thing. Marcella, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate all your questions. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks for being with us on My MACD Life, the podcast with a vision to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. For more information and many great, incredible resources, visit MyMACDLife.org. This program is supported by amazing listeners like you. Please consider a donation to keep our mission moving forward. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep living with hope. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron.